Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. All right, let's bow our heads, let's pray, and let's get right into it. Father in heaven, we are again humbled, honored. We are overwhelmed by the season and the times in which we live. You said that we would be. So we have, you have given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Use the, your servant tonight to speak clearly, succinctly, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to bring to pass that which will help us advance your cause. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, then, bless your heart. Listen, we're going to begin our teaching series on prayer and fasting. You may be seated uh, on prayer and fasting. I'm going to talk tonight, begin the talk, the teaching about prayer and fasting. I'm going to approach this from a very practical, that's my intent, and biblical way so that there is a fresh understanding of why the church needs to pray and fast. Um, I'm going to also warn you, there's going to be some very strong and possibly disturbing video that you'll be watching. Uh, nothing you haven't seen before, but it will, it'll, 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 it'll impact you. So, <coughs> excuse me, why are we praying and fasting? Why does the church during the first part of the year, Universal, pick this time to pray and fast? Why do some in the church not even believe that prayer and fasting is relevant. We're going to do our best to begin that discussion to help you understand tonight. So, why pray and fast? Why pray and fast? Number one, I'll give you three reasons. Of course, there's a lot more. I'll give you three reasons. Number one, more than ever, believers are in bondage to demonic powers. Number one, why we fast or why we pray and fast. Believers more than ever are in bondage to demonic powers. I didn't say the world. I didn't say the wicked. I said believers. Number two, believers throughout the world need solutions to complex problems. Believers are going through things all over the world <coughs> we don't know how to get out of. It seems impossible for us to be set free from. These are reasons the church needs to pray and fast. And then the third and last reason we need to pray and fast. The church is in desperate need, desperate need of a revival and renewal. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in a desperate place. And these three and more, uh, we should already know that none of these things should surprise 
any of us that have been believers for any length of time. So we're talking about prayer and fasting. The fasting prayer, as we'll call it, the fasting prayer, as we'll call it, is different than other types of prayers. The fasting prayer. The prayers we pray when we're fasting, they're different than all other types of prayers. <laughs> we already used the word desperation in the third point about why we need to pray and fast. There is a desperation associated with the fasting prayer. When we pray and fast, the prayers we pray while we're fasting are desperate prayers. They come from a desperate place. They come from a place where we already know, God, if you don't move, there's no hope for us. The fasting prayers or the prayers we pray when we're fasting are so focused, they're very intentional, they're, very, they're, very, they're, they're so serious until it makes us even more sober-minded. We must pray, <coughs> excuse me, and fast because it lets God know we know how serious the times are. You can't pray and fast and play with the things of God. So the fasting prayer, as I'm calling it now, is a prayer that depends totally on God's mercy. So when we get in the mindset, which I pray we already are, when we get in the mindset of praying and fasting, we have already begun to step off into the mercy mode of God. God, we need your mercy. God, we need you to do what only you can do. God, scientists can't do it. Doctors can't do it. Politicians can't do it. Bankers can't do it. God, we need, we need your mercy. It begins to shift our mindset and our thinking when we begin to just Think about the fact that we need to pray and fast. Our prayers are different. Our posture is different. Our mentality is different. We are about to go into a season of prayer and fasting. We need to schedule this. We need to let some things go. No, we're not going to be carnal. We're not going to watch football. We're not going to. We are going into a season of prayer and fasting. God sent Jonah to Nineveh because the city was evil. And he said the wickedness had come up again. He's not the first time God said it. Their wickedness had come up to got his attention. The, the, the wickedness rose up to heaven. You know, God keeps statistics. <laughs> I'm not going to deal with that. So in Jonah chapter number three, beginning at verse number one, Jonah three, one through four. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, 
Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Underscore that, right? Highlight that. God told Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach what I tell you to preach. Now, as a preacher, pastor, teach all of that, having been by the grace of God for 30 years or, or so, I know very well that every time a preacher preach, he ain't preaching what God tell him to preach. But God tells Jonah, arise and preach what I tell you to preach. So verse three, so Jonah arose, went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. Now, uh, I'm not going as you can see, we started in the third chapter of Jonah. So we didn't, we didn't talk about Jonah going the opposite way. We ain't talking about Jonah in the, in, the, in the belly of the fish. We're not talking about that. We're talking about when Jonah finally said, I'm obey God. And so this is where he's at. So in verse 4, Jonah began to enter into the city a, a, a day's journey, and he cried, or he cried out, or he shouted out loud and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So obviously this is what God told Jonah to preach. Tell them people in 40 days, if you don't get it right, I'm destroying your city. Hmm. God said in 40 days, I will overthrow the city. 40 is the number of probation in the kingdom, in scripture. 40 is always the number of probation. 40 days, God's going to do something. 40 days. This is what he has Jonah tell the people of Nineveh. So, God said, if they don't repent, he's going to overthrow them. Now, think about that for a minute. If they don't repent, this great city that's known as a great city all over the world, God said, I'm going to take your greatness. I'm going to overthrow you, not, not an enemy, not, 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 I'm going to tear you down. I'm going to let everyone know you're no longer great. Hmm. Let's stop. Let's put some pieces together. Let's revelate here for a moment. If God, <coughs> if God doesn't intervene in the United States of America's affairs, what many have said for what many have said for decades is one of the greatest nations that ever lived will no longer be. Some say America is no longer that right now. God told Jonah to tell the people, if they don't repent, if they don't change, he's going to take away their greatness and leave them a barren wasteland, just like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah, which was consequently about a thousand years earlier. Wow. The thing is, the name Nineveh 
has never clearly been defined. After all this time, no one can pinpoint the name of Nineveh clearly. Hmm. So Nineveh can mean any place at any time. Nineveh could be your family. Nineveh could be this city or the city you live in. Nineveh could be America. When Jonah preached what God told him, the people prayed, they fasted, and they repented. Verse 5, Jonah. So the people of Nineveh believed God. When they heard Jonah preaching, the Bible says the people of Nineveh believed God would do what he said. So they proclaimed a fast and put sackcloth and ashes and the greatest of them or even from the greatest to the least. It didn't matter who they were, what their socioeconomic status was. All of them believed God. And they repented and they fasted and they prayed. I wonder how many believers in America are looking at America and are believing God will do what he said he's going to do. Let me, let me add something to it or bring more clarity to this piece. The Bible says, and the people believed God. Say that with me. The people believe God. Why do you think they believe God? Because they weren't afraid to look at themselves. Yeah, you're right. We're wicked. You're right. We've we been playing church. Yeah, you're right. We ain't been living right. Yeah, you're right, God. See, 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 see. See, and I'm going to talk about this a lot Sunday. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I'm, gonna t I'm going to talk about this one word a lot Sunday. It's called humility. See, be be because before any spiritual discipline, before anything we do in the kingdom works, we must humble ourselves. I don't care what we do, if we don't humble ourselves, it will not produce the fruit that God is after. So when, when, when Jonah comes and tells Nineveh what God says, the first thing they have to do is humble them. You're right. That is us. And this is the problem with the church today. Can't nobody tell us about ourselves. When they said, or when the scripture says, and they believe God, another way that we could say that is they knew 
they had gone too far. Write that down. They knew they had gone too far. Church, you, we know where we have gone too far. Don't play with me because you can't play with God. You and I both know in areas in our own personal lives, in our families, in the community, in the churches we go to, lead, pastor, organize, we know when we've gone too far. And when you know you've gone too far, now you're ready to repent. Until we recognize we, the church universal, have gone too far, we will never repent and we'll never listen to a preacher like Jonah. Now, we're about to play some about four, four videos, four or five back to back. But before they do that, I want to set this up. And then I'll be done about five minutes after that. In 2 Chronicles 7, 13, 14, and 15, famous scriptures for fasting and prayer. God said, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Now, you got to understand, you got to read the Bible because when God brought Israel out of Egypt, he said, I'm taking you to a land that's going to rain on the land. You're not going to water it with your foot like in Egypt. It's not going to hardly... It, 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 it was hard to get rain water or water in, into the crops in, in, in Egypt. They had to irrigate. That's what it meant when he said you had to water with your foot. They had to irrigate. But he said, I'm going to take you to a good land. Hallelujah. A land with mountains and trees where the, it rains regularly. And then God says, but if I shut up heaven. That's not normal. If I take you to a land where it's supposed to rain and all of a sudden it stops raining, something's wrong. Don't be saying it's climate change. Don't be saying it's, I'm stopping the rain. You can call it whatever you want, but I'm behind it. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. If I send famine and pestilence, because this is a land that flows with milk and honey. It's not supposed to be a land for the sickness and disease, diseased cows and diseased chickens. And, 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 and it's not supposed to be like that. If I shut up heaven, there'd be no rain. If I send famine, it's not pestilence. Then he says the famous part that most of us read and quote, if my people are called by my name, humble themselves pray seek my face turn from their wicked ways like Nineveh then will I hear from heaven I'll hear every worship song you sing I'll hear about every prayer you pray every intercessory prayer you pray I'll heal the sick I'll heal your land I'll heal everything connected and associated with you but you gotta first recognize Humble yourself and see where you are. Play those videos, please. Hurricane Ida leaves a trail of destruction. 
Now, the search for survivors begins. There's somebody in there, I think. As we get a sense of just how much damage was done. Not even hospitals escaping the storm's wrath. And these images, so familiar to Houston, have us scrambling to help our neighbors to the east. If war is the mother of invention, meet one of her children. Ukrainian troops jerry-rig a tower on a car used to pinpoint targets for their artillery. In Bakhmut, Ukrainian guns pound the enemy. Soldiers here repel intense Russian attacks. The city quickly became symbolic for Ukraine. Bakhmut still stands. These children are fighting for their survival. From every corner of Somalia, they are brought to the capital Mogadishu, to Banadir Hospital, if they make it that far. Little Amina Abdi is the most critical patient in the pediatric ward. She's been comatose for days. Amina Abdi now, she, she is 7 kg. Uh, unusually, normally she was supposed to be 16 kg. She came with severe acute malnutrition with critical condition, which is called shock. Now she is a terminal case. A terminal case at age four another victim of the devastating drought that has left the population without the most basic necessities of life. Popper glares at the rearview mirror. He says the other driver is tailgating and making obscene hand gestures. Moments later, Popper opens his center console and carefully removes a handgun. When the other vehicle pulls up, Popper opens fire. Cops say he fired 11 times. If you look closely, you can see the other driver apparently throwing a water bottle at the car. Popper says he thought he was being fired upon and was acting in self-defense. Holy... Do you see why we need to pray and fast? Do you see? This is a normal. This isn't supposed to happen regularly. And it is. Simply stated, my brothers and my sisters. Prayer is humbling ourselves. Prayer is humbling ourselves. It takes a humble spirit to pray.
You know why? <clears throat> because when we pray, we are already saying, we don't know what to do until you tell us. People that don't pray think they have all the answers. Think about it. Sleep on it. People, Christians that don't pray, you don't need God's wisdom. You don't need his answers because you have them all. People that pray the most know they don't. People that pray the most know they need God the most. So prayer starts with humility. We need to repent just like Jonah showed up and the people believed what God said through him. We need to be, hear me, hear me, hear me please. We need to be completely honest with God about how we lived. Completely honest with God. I'll make it more clear and plain Sunday with the help of God. The teaching is called prayer and fasting, not fasting and prayer. Because Jesus said prayer and fasting. He put prayer before fasting. Why? Because fasting without prayer is dieting. We're not going on a Christian diet. Prayer is humbling ourselves before God, asking him for divine intervention. We need God to intervene. Stand on your feet please. And we're going to fast. Fasting is abstaining from physical food and physical pleasure for a period of time. So during this time of consecration, which is sun starts January the 8th Sunday at 6 a.m. and goes till Thursday, January the 12th, Till 6 p.m., we will eat no solid food. We'll drink only water and healthy juices, <clears throat> not juices full of sugar and all that. Read the label. Know what you're putting in your body. And we'll drink broth a lot of times and pray at least, at least, at least three times a day. And we'll have corporate prayer here each night at 6 p.m. And as always, check with your physician before you begin a fast. Every head bow. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. Every head bow, please.
Father, may the body of Christ be one. May we yoke up together in this season of prayer and fasting. May we realize, recognize, and understand we need you like we have never needed you before. We need a move of God. We need salvations, healings, deliverances, breakthroughs. We need your love abounding from heart to heart and breast to breast. <coughs> we need to destroy the yokes of the enemy that he has connected and bound us all up in frustration and hatred and division. He's used COVID to separate us and we're divided like never before. People don't even want to come to church. People don't want to come and worship. They come and stand around. God, we need you to breathe a fresh breath upon us. In the name of your son, Jesus, we need you to do a new thing in our midst. We need you. Birth in us a desire, a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Birth in us a greater zeal for the things of the holy things of God. This I pray in Jesus' name. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.